Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. So, Hi. hey. Uh, we have a really awesome guest today, as always. Um, this is AJ. She actually is my financial coach. So we are talking finances for y'all, which I know is a wild and exciting topic. It's something Uh, I haven't really, uh, talked about on the podcast, a little bit of a different, uh, topic today. So we're super excited. We're so excited to have AJ. So I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about AJ and then she will take over. But um, <laughs> so AJ is a personal finance coach whose approach goes way beyond the green, which is launching on July 1st. She uses tangible tools to help people understand their finances and change their circumstances. She goes straight to the root of her clients' money wounds to truly transform their lives from scarcity to abundance. She's born in New York City, currently lives in Washington, D.C. with her fiance, Brett. When she isn't talking about finances, she's on the phone with her friends and sister, niece. Uh, She's practicing yoga. She's reading Harry Potter for like the fourth time, which I can obviously get behind. Oh my God, you guys must be (laughs) the best of friends. (laughs) I know. And she's cooking and then DIYing the house, which funny, AJ, um, I didn't know what DIYing was. And Gina really? Oh my God, that had to tell me before. I I was like, what is DIYing? I, I never know any, and people talk like in real life with the first time I saw that, I was like, what does that mean? She's like in real life, LOL. Like, sorry about him. <laughs> I know. I never knew those. Oh my God. Well, welcome, 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 AJ. We're so happy Thank to you. have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So looking at your, um, your story and, you know, your journey of, um, I know you said that you study yoga and, um, have more of a holistic approach as well, um, to money and, and all of that, which I thought was super interesting. Um, I'd love to hear about how money was affecting you, um, before you kind of figured out that it was, you, that I guess you weren't handling it the way that you should. Um, what did life look like for you? And, um, yeah. So what, yeah. what was life like? So even before I had gotten myself into all the debt that I did, which was, um, credit cards, student loan, taxes, family, like all of it. Um, before that even began, I had such an abusive relationship with money. Um, and that stems from, you know, the way it was, I was taught about money, which is how everybody is taught about money through their parents. Um, my mom was super successful and my father financially wasn't. And I was, I lived in Manhattan. So growing up thinking that like, I had such a distorted view on wealth and money because you are, you're surrounded by such rich people all the time. And the joke was always like, I was the poor little rich girl, like, I was on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, but I never had any money. But like I went to private school and I went to sleepaway camp and I had a bat mitzvah. So like I always felt poor, even though I I wasn't, Um, but I never felt like I had cash. So I started working at 13. Um, If I had saved $5 from every babysitting that I did, I'd be so rich right now. But I, of course, didn't. And I would go I was best, I still am with my camp friends who all lives in Long Island. So every weekend I was going to Long Island. I was spending all my babysitting money going there to diners, like nothing too crazy. Um, I wasn't like a, um, a wild child. The in that wild life, life of a <laughs> yeah. young teen yeah. going oh, to diners. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. We go to diners and Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> yes, and, I love it. And I was just always used to like not having, I, my mom didn't get the memo that like, junior and senior year of high school, you don't have, um, they don't provide food. And so 
I didn't eat until like three o'clock in the day. Cause like, I just didn't, I'd rather spend my money going to see my friends than like eating during the day and getting food. So I would just not eat, which is like insane. Cause like think about high school and how much you are learning. So Anyways, so I went to college again. It was always that like scarcity mindset. And then I started working my senior year, which was great. And I always loved having my own money. I loved being in control of that um, because when other people can control your finances, they control your decision making. And so when I graduated um, high college and I found out the week that I graduated that I was in $34,000 worth of um, $34,000 worth of student loan debt. I like, I mean, most people kind of know they're going to college with debt. I found out the week that I uh, was about to graduate and my mom was just kind of like, okay, here you go. Like, you're welcome. I'm done. I'm out. And so I, I, at first I kind of tackled it. Like I'm taking care of this. I'm going to pay it. I'm going to pay it off soon. And I was like being really good. And then I started tasting financial independence. Like I started being able to afford like nice dinners and nice clothing. And I was partying a lot. I was 22. Now my wild child comes out and I, um, by that end point, I had reached a place where I wanted to be an actress and I realized I didn't want to be an actress anymore. And I didn't know what I wanted to be because that was my whole identity, my whole life. Um, and I was like, I need to leave. So I like saved up five grand, which was like huge, right? Like so much money, five, six grand. And I went to Asia with the idea that maybe I would come back and I didn't come back for two and a half years, Wow! but, but I left everything. I let, I left my taxes for 2011. I didn't even consider doing 2012. I asked my sister to pay the minimum balance on my credit card, which of course I started racking up even more. It started from $18 to $49 to $112 minimum balance. And then I, um, you know, racked up another credit card. Lo and behold, I was in Australia, American Express calling me being like, you owe us money. And I'm like, I can't afford it because I couldn't afford anything. I was living in a one bedroom in a bed with my friend, like to live in Australia. And I moved to, I moved to Australia with $50 in my bank account and I was scared every day. So when you asked me going back to the question, sorry, very Piscinian answer. No, I love it. Ask the We're question. Pisces too, so yeah. okay. Oh my God, yeah. Pisces, try! <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> um, when you, I was scared every single day. I was up every night. I knew it was wrong. I was so afraid. And I, and I thought, which is what so many people think is, if I have the money, then I will pay off the debt. If I have $5,000 sitting in my bank account, then I will pay off the debt. And I could never, oh my God. I, so I moved, I lived in Australia for a year. Then I moved to New Zealand and I was working at Lululemon and I finally started saving. One of my um, uh, managers let me um, house sit for her to save money for like a week or two. And of course I was like, oh yeah, well, I really want these Lululemon pants. So if I just buy them, and from my savings, I'll just pay my savings back. And then all of a sudden the savings was gone. And it was just gone and gone and gone. And it- I also work for Lululemon and that is really hard to make my <laughs> pants. <laughs> oh my God. I, just for context, because I love numbers and I have no shame. I made $32,000 that year at Lululemon and I spent $4,000. You know the discount at Lululemon on clothing. Oh so 30, my God. So I spent one eighth of my money back <sighs> into the company where I was making money. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. You're probably not the only one. Who's no, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. So yeah. So when I came back to America and I was like, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. I did my yoga teacher training in Australia. So we're like going back and forth a little bit, but then I moved back home. And I was like, when I have the money in my bank account, I will start to tackle the debt. I will start to do this. I went to Brazil. I went to Portugal. I went to Denmark. I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it all the time being in so much fear and so much anxiety and really never knowing how much money I had, if I was going to make it, I was working for my mom. And I was like, I can't 
have this professional relationship with you and have you as my mom. It's just too um, toxic. And I stopped working for her and I realized that I couldn't pay as a yoga teacher. Like I couldn't make rent. Luckily I was living at my sister's house, but I stopped paying rent to my sister who was relying on that because they had moved to Houston and they were expecting me to pay rent. And that was about six months. And I, and I, you know, I hit a wall and I didn't, I used to waitress and I was like, I guess I can waitress again. It was like such an ego moment of being like, God, I like moved so far from this. I'm a yoga instructor. Now I have like a following. I have, you know, I ha- I'm established. I've had thousands of hours of teaching and whatever, whatever bullshit you tell yourself. And I, um, and I, um, started waitressing again, but it was before I started waitressing, I was like, I need to get my finances in order. Like I'm literally living like I'm jumping off a cliff every day. And I'm just like, there's no, there's free falling. I just have no control over anything in my life. I need to be completely in control of my finances because my grandparents are getting older. My friends are starting to get married. I was 27. I was like, people in my life are starting to like make big moves. And if I don't do it now, I never will. And the way that I like set that proclamation to the universe was my best friend, Madison and I, who um, I go traveling with, she was going, she wanted us to go to Sri Lanka and she kept being like, it's fine. I'll buy the tickets. You can pay me back. It's no big deal. Like, and I had to like, I wrote down a list of why I couldn't go with her. And I was like, I, my grandparents, my friends are getting married. Like I need new sneakers. And like, I just, this whole thing. And I like cried and I was like, I have to get my finances in order. Like I can't live like this anymore. Um, and we like called the debt collectors. They didn't pick up because it was a Sunday, of course. But then I, I reached out to an aunt and I was like, I, can you just hold my hand while I call the debt collectors, while I call the student loans, make sure that I'm not making any irresponsible decisions. Because a lot of times you call the debt collector and you're like, sure, I can pay $800 a month. If that's what you want, sure, I'll pay it. Like, and you can't actually afford that. So I, I had her create a budget with me, look over the finances, make sure I wasn't making anything dumb. And then we'd look at how much money I was earning and how many like yoga classes I needed to teach, how many um, waitressing shifts I needed to have. So like I never waitressed more than I absolutely needed to, which made it so much easier to do the job because mm-hmm. it was a means to an end. It was, I need to waitress to pay off this debt to make sure that I'm supported in all of my bills so that I can teach yoga. Cause that for the longest time was my heart's passion, my life's purpose to teach yoga. Mm. And it was through my aunt's support and like encouragement and holding my hand that I just set off. And I was like, I am living a different life. And I said no to friends. I, I was super firm and and then I got my heart broken. And then I was like, I'm not doing that again either. I'm getting my finances in order. I might as well get my relationships in order. And I settled all that. And I was like, I'm never going to be unseen and unheard in a relationship. And I'm going to be valued and loved. And I'm going to be with the person who thinks I'm like the center of the universe. And, and I found him. And he, on top of that, the first two weeks of us being in a relationship, I was like, I'm in all this debt. I'm paying it off. This is my action plan. I'm doing all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. And if you're okay with that, like you need to know that because that's like the plan. Like we can't go to nice dinners and you expect to go Dutch because I can't afford it, but I can take you to the diner (laughs) and uh, back to the diner, (laughs) back to the diner. (laughs) He's a Long Island boy. He loves diners. And, and he was like, cool. I, um, I have an MBA, you know, uh, and a background, uh, uh, yeah, a uh, an MBA. He's like, I have a bat, uh, uh, undergrad in accounting and I can help you. So yes. he helped me so beautifully. Is that <laughs> your fiance? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's perfect. So he really, um, he, the budget that like I gave Danny is the, the template is what I use with Brett. He helped me create that. He created that for me. And then we and he was there every month at the beginning of the month. He was working with me being like, okay, how much money is coming in? How many shifts do I need to work? How many classes do I need to teach in order to go to that wedding to continue to pay off the debt, everything. And it was incredible. So that's, yeah. 
Sorry. I think when you really crunch down those numbers, it gives you a sense of reality of like what's actually happening in front of you. And you really like took the initiative and faced the debt, even though you were so terrified. I think so many people, including myself, like when I was growing up, was like would avoid looking at my online banking. Yeah. I didn't want to come to terms that, oh, I spent that and I shouldn't have. And I feel like people just live in this constant state of denial and um, just don't face their reality, honestly. I, I, and when, to go back to your first question of, of how did I feel? I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was dying all the time and I was drowning and I couldn't, I couldn't come up for air. And I know that's how everybody feels who's in debt. It is like you are being because debt is bondage and it's slavery and and you yeah, be, and yeah and and the what you said about like I was afraid to see what I had done and knowing it was bad. It's like we have this culture where we just think it's okay to spend however we want, and we're so gluttonous and ungrateful. I mean, really, because gratitude is the is the elixir of of what of of living a fulfilled life. Like the reason why we overspend, there's several reasons. One, you might not earn enough. It's expensive. You don't understand how finances work. But a lot of the times why people overspend is because they're not grateful for what they have and they don't even know how to be grateful. Um, And I don't say that in like a shaming way because I, it's hard to be grateful when you feel so burdened and so um, pushed down by your circumstances. Yeah. Totally. I have a side question. Um, do you think that being a yoga teacher has really changed your mindset about finances and like a holistic view of your like self-worth and that whole journey? What do you, do you think yoga really affected that journey? Yeah. So, you know, when I gave up my, like, I'm still a yoga teacher. I still teach um, yeah. multiple times a week, but I don't associate with like, I'm a yoga teacher. That's not my identity anymore. And Mm -hmm. that ego of like letting that go was, um, a really beautiful experience in my life because, um, it's yoga is like yoga saved my life. I, I was such, I don't know who I'd be if I didn't find yoga. I was so angry. I was so, um, reactive and um, a victim of my circumstances and yoga gave me the power to realize that I was in control of my destiny. And so without yoga, like the money stuff would have never happened because um, as Susie Orman, who's my girl, she says, you know, anger, shame, and fear are the three tenants of anybody who's in debt. Um, And I couldn't have gotten to the point where I was, I was, I had surrendered enough to not be so angry to get out of debt. Um, but also like, I always say this with Danny cause you know, Danny's a health coach and it's the same thing with food. It's like, if you're, it's about bringing mindfulness into your spending. I'm not trying to tell people like you can't go get your haircut or you can't go buy like a new pair of shorts, but like it's the excessiveness. It's like when it's thoughtless and all of that's from yoga, you know, all of that, like thinking, patterns is from, is from yoga and, and the surrendering, the letting go the gratitude, all of that comes in. Like the thing, like, let's talk for a second about current states of like the COVID, the pandemic, like three years ago, I, if, if COVID happened three years ago, I would have had to move in with my mom, which would have been a disaster. I was a yoga instructor and a waitress. So getting the time it would have taken to apply for unemployment would have been much more difficult. Um, also I never, I hadn't filed my taxes in five years. So I would have never gotten the stimulus check and yeah, just like woof after woof after woof. (laughs) Oh, and I was also in a horrible relationship with, um, which ended up being totally transformative and healing, but like all of those things. So I'm like for the first two months of COVID every day. I was just like, Oh my God. Like I got my stimulus check. I was the first person to get the stimulus check. I got unemployment because I had a full-time job with benefits. I got unemployment immediately. Like not even a question to ask. There was no issues. Like everything just worked out seamlessly. I am in the best relationship in the world. Like 
I have a home. I'm not with my mom. I'm, I have potential to earn money. Like it was when you, when you're on the right course, like this is what I learned with yoga, like the universe will conspire to support you. And I, and I watched like my clients who struggle, like who struggled with COVID, who struggled with, and I'm like, it's because you are not aligned. Like money flows when like, when the intention is there, when you're, when you're, when you're doing the right things, it's, it's much easier. And my, and the, the watching that my friends or, or my clients who had resistant during this time, it was very indicative of what's going on internally. Totally. And I know, I mean, that's something that we've, we've talked about. And I think for one of my biggest transformations was kind of like when you were talking about food and how it relates to money was me applying my relationship with food to my relationship with money. That was such a like huge, like transformative moment that I feel just changed the way I was approaching my finances because there was so much like uh, judgment and shame and that's, I think, what a lot of people deal with. Um, so, I, I mean, I love your story because I think it's, it is super relatable. And, you know, I liked um, that you shared a little bit about what you did to get back on track. And then you shared a bit about like what your life looks like now, which is, um, and how you're doing during this whole time. Um, I'm curious to hear. So, I mean, I know you have a background in performing. You went to school for acting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you obviously know still performers and you work with performers. I know some of your clients are. So what are the biggest um, money things that you see with performers? How, what is their relationship with money that from your perspective? Um, okay. Let's see if I can say it in five. So one is um, a deep desire to give like, the most giving people ever um, to the point of like, I have to like be like, like I have to remind them to not like, like putting so wanting to put others before themselves. It's like so wonderful, but it's also total avoidance of self. Um, but it's, it comes from such a kind place. Um, so that's a big one. Um, not making enough money to live. So they, I have found time and time again, most of my performers don't actually have a spending problem. They just have an earning problem. Um, so I have, Me. I, <laughs> not anymore. I know. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like they, I look at their stuff and they'd be like, let's just say ballpark $10,000 worth of debt. And I'd be like, you actually like don't spend that much money. You just don't earn enough money. So you need to go get another job. And that has been like almost the case for all of my performers where they just, they're not big spenders. They're really, they're really good. They just, um, because of the choices that they've made to perform or like continuing on that path of like, I am a performer. I must do this. This is my soul's purpose. Like they've really like, um, missed the mark on how to support themselves financially and in career wise. So like setting them up with a career, setting them up with like more structure. Um, so I'm like, yeah, if you want to go dance, like that's fine. But like be able to like put money into a, a Roth IRA and like be able to like, because that's another big thing. Most of my clients who are performers don't have any retirements because they didn't take any, they didn't take a normal nine to five job because they were pursuing their passion. And so I'm like, we got to get you, you know, putting money into your um, retirement account because, you know, 65 year old you isn't going to hustle the way you're hustling now at 20. So um, they're really not set up for the future. They're a little bit like, um, like miss, like um, fantastical about like their future. They, they just don't seem to see it. And um, I think a lot of actors also like live in the present. They, they mm -hmm. only care about the now and like what's kind of happening now. And, and they go from like one thing to the next all the time that they can't really think too far ahead. I find that yeah. a lot with my friends as well. Yes. So it's been interesting because like it's really like similar. Like I've had several performers and it's a very similar thing where I'm like, all I say to them is like, you got to go get another job. And then they do. And then they like double their income. And it's like, okay, great. Like, 
Yeah, it's it's a very quick fix because they're not big spenders. So it's not like I have to work. I, I don't sit there and like go, oh my God, where are they going to spend their money on this month? You know, like, what am I going to have to yell at them for? Like, you don't need Botox. Like, that's my, <laughs> but they don't do that. It's really not like that. It's really more that they just, um, and I wonder, it, it's really an interesting thing, right? Like, what were they taught about themselves that made them feel like so unworthy in their mind of like, having security and stability, like that art for art's sake kind of mentality that I just, I never could stand even when I was there. I think for me, I always, you always hear the expression starving artist. Oh, I was just about to say that, Danny. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought. I thought I was choosing this life of, of struggle or, you know, I was choosing to follow my dreams instead of financial gain, you know, Mm. like that, that was the mentality that I thought I had to, I had to have that. It's just what I heard and what I was around. And you see, you know, shows like Rent and, Mm. (laughs) you know, I don't know what else. And like you think that by choosing the the other road of stability, you have to be in an office or you have to have a boring job. It's like, there's this mindset about like, okay, you can either have fun and have a life of freedom and flexibility, but not make as much money or or you can have the opposite, which is not as nice, quote unquote. Yeah. I, I, in the yoga worlds, cause like a lot of performers end up becoming some kind of instructor, Yes. but also it's a very similar mindset of like, I need to be free. And it's like, you're free with like $20,000 worth of credit card debt and like no savings for the future. Sure. Totally. Yes. No, you're not right. free. And it that is, was such a wake up call when you told yeah. me that. <laughs> like, Freedom is up here, is up in the head. Like, yes. it's and not it's, about external things. Yes. And also systems, like this is something that Brett has really taught me, so I can't take credit for it. But like, he's all about like, like create the infrastructure and then let it do its own thing, like on its own. So like create the system, let the system operate and then manually, you know, every once in a while maintenance the system. But if the system is working properly, then like you don't, it's like, I feel like performers are like so used to having to like just start from scratch over and over and over again. And like, and yoga instructors and right. paycheck to paycheck. paycheck. It's just, it's exhausting. And of course you have no time to think about the future when you're just utterly exhausted and burnt out all of the time. Yeah. So I know, um, I know most of your clients are women, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, that's like a, mostly a choice. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, a I, <laughs> Brett is my best friend, but, and I have like his friends who have become very good friends of mine, but like, I'm a girl's girl. Like I just think <laughs> you I'm are, like you estrogen are. and that feminine energy. Yeah. Yes. I think I'm like too much for guys. Like I'm so, as Danny says, I'm so intense. Like I just don't think it jives well. I, I have found with my male clients that I have to like I don't like how I communicate with them because it's not as direct as I would like to be. I feel like I have to like nurse some of their ego and I really don't like that. Whereas I feel women understand like I'm not attacking your ego. I'm just like giving you advice that I needed and I Mm, got. Interesting. What are the, sorry, Danny, do you think that, um, I know you said something about ego. Do you think that men put a lot of ego into their spending habits and into their finances? That's a good question. Um, I think there is a tendency for men to pretend that they know um, because they're expected to know. And I think that's a, I think that's across the board more than just finance. Like, men just know how to be men. Men just know how to do things. And that's because we make them feel that they have to do that, that they can't say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this nurturing, I think from a young age of like, you're meant to know you're meant to be the nurturer, the, the provider, you're meant to make this money. You're meant to be head of the household. Like just all these mentalities of like, Oh, well, you know, I, it's kind of like the direction thing. I do this all the time with my husband. I'm like, okay, let's just ask somebody where this is or like, let's just ask somebody how to go. And it's just this like ego of like, no, no, like I know, I know how to get there. I know what I'm doing. And for me, we're just being practical. We're just being resourceful. But for them, it's like an ego trip or, you know, a pride thing. Yeah. I also think that like, 
I actually, I'm working with a guy now and he's wonderful. I, I do better with like more um, sensitive men. I think that's, that's totally fine. It's just one like the, exactly when they're the type of guy that are like that, that type of guy who doesn't want to ask for directions. For sure. It's like, I can't help you if you right. don't want to ask for directions. Like if you're, yeah. yeah, it's, and it's, it's a lot of like stripping down layers where it's like, mm. I, I just, I get women. I understand that, that like a man's financial problems don't come from like a feeling of self-worth where for women it's very much so. Mm. And it's usually just like recklessness, mismanagement, thinking that they know, but it's not because they don't feel worthy. Mm. Like for women, it's like, we don't feel like worthy. We like, I mean, Mm. the things that I figured out through yoga was like, I don't, I didn't feel like I deserved to exist. You know, I didn't think I deserved to be healthy and happy. So I don't think those are issues. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I don't think it's to the same extent as it is for women. Yeah. I think it's a sense of, um, uh, I'm literally just pulling this out of my ass, but, um, (laughs) um, just from observation and like just all the reading and, and documentaries I've watched on, on wealth and like our culture, um, maybe it's, it's this sense of maybe they're both dealing with a self-worth issue of like, they're not enough or like they don't have enough. They're not good enough, but women tend to be more self-sabotaging and men seem to just be more like, I want, I I want this to, to feel power, to feel, I don't know. Yes. I would say that that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I think just like knowing the culture and just like what is in front of us about female versus like masculine energy. That's, that might be why too, but I'm curious to know, like back to the question, like how you feel about like women and their finances and like what they struggle with. Um, so something that I found, think of, I think about a lot is like, um, the past, I think a lot about the past and now the future, whereas, um, 50 years ago, like besides maybe, yeah, 50 years ago, besides, mm, let's say 60 years ago, besides household goods, women didn't shop. I mean, like they started more as like, you know, the forties, the fifties, women started shopping more, but they were shopping with men's money. Now women are such ginormous consumers, like ginormous, we are 80% of the consumer, like we are like huge consumers. We are consumers of health. We are consumers of wellness, of fitness. We are the majority stakeholders. If like we all had a stock in the, in the fitness, wellness, uh, consumer, um, clothing apparel world, we are the main stakeholders yet, yet, um, how many women are in the stock market? How many women have a um, eight month emergency fund? How many women have maxed out their Roth IRA or contributing to a 401k? Like it's, that's the thing that I'm concerned about because as we can, you know, rah, rah, women's movement, like equal pay, everybody's focusing there on the lack. I'm like, yo, let's take what we've all just fucking earned that we've never earned in the history of humanity and do something with it. Be smart about it. Yeah. Be smart about it. Like I was just, I was just on a call with a bunch of women and we were talking about the stock market and they're like, yeah, I dabbled in the stock market, but it scared me. So now I'm in like, you know, mutual fund EFTs, they work, they're stable. And I'm like, yeah, but like, that's like such a typical, like, I hate to say this, but woman answer. It's like, I want to be safe. I want to be stable. And yes, the majority of your money should go into mutual and ETFs, like they mutual funds, ETFs, they should go into places that are stable, that are going to accrue interest over time, make you money in the long run, less risk. But we're also, I'm 31 years old. Like I should be taking risks with my money if I could. And I should be learning and investing in companies. Like you can earn right now, if you invested in March, you would be making so much money today. It's absurd by investing like very little of your own money. Like if you had put a thousand dollars in the market in like three companies that, that tanked in March, you would have tripled your money, tripled doing nothing. And it's like, we don't talk about this. We don't have these conversations. Women are scared. You know, women are risk averse. And I, 
And also it just, it makes me mad when I hear people like the fat, like a lot of people in the feminist movement who are like, you know, the pay gap, but like, they're not concerned about like teaching women how to have personal finance or like, so true. you know, like fuck men. And it's like, do you even know when you have your period? Like, I know they're, they don't sound like they are the same, <laughs> but it's like, there's so many other positive things we could be focusing on than the lack of. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about, um, you know, yes, like we are fighting for, for something to change that, you know, we are starting to take control of our money, but like, are we really taking the risks that we need to, and are we looking into and educating ourselves on where it, on what we can do with it and the possibilities. I think um, there's been a glass ceiling above women for so long that like we are just starting to break it. But like, I think people just don't feel like they have a possibility of it, of it growing for them or possibility of it doing anything for them. So they always stick to the safe um, route. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of variables there. I think a lot of women in a way that men aren't, is they're still cared for by their parents. And that to me is one of the biggest detriments to making somebody feel secure and stable in their independence is parents who keep providing for their children. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with parents wanting to care for their children. I don't think there's anything wrong with parents giving their children money inheritance, but it's that you can't make decisions because your parents have the final say because you're still tied to them financially. Also, let's talk about parents for a second who are, who put their children at one, they put their children at, it makes me so (laughs) mad because I, I'm like literally getting hot. Like I love this. (laughs) parents who, who continue their child's lifestyle, who pay their rent out of college and they, and their child makes decent money. Like it's not, it's not. $80,000 $80,000 a year. Maybe it's $45,000 a year. They could live off $45,000 a year. Stop paying their fucking rent. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but it's fine. <laughs> well, we it's already like, did, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, good. It's like that stuff makes me so angry because you're not teaching your child how to stand on their own two feet and they're always going to feel like they can like have a falling back, which is so wonderful. You want that emotionally, but you, but like you're not pushing. And I think for women, a lot of parents don't push their children. Mm. Like I was pushed out at 13 years old to go figure my own life out. And I wouldn't recommend it, but it has made me so resourceful. Like Mm -hmm. I have friends who are, who are, who are unemployed right now who spend all day watching TV and doing nothing. Like I literally, I took one day off to like like change. I got a new credit card because my, there was fraud. I spent the whole day, like changing my credit card, like doing personal stuff. Like every other day I've worked, I made, I make things happen. Mm. And that's because I'm so confident in my own two feet and I have support. Mm. I have more support than I've ever had in my whole life, but I don't need it. I have it and I don't need it. And then, Oh, I have one more, one more. Yeah. Go, 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 go. (laughs) And then we can, and then we can change (laughs) The other parents that don't talk to their children about money, who don't talk to their daughters about money. And guess what? They spent all of their retirement money putting their kids through fucking college to get a degree in dance and, (laughs) (laughs) or drama. And then they go, I know I don't have any money for retirement. So you're going to pay for me and you're going to support me. Aren't you so excited? You're 40 years old. You're finally like getting your groove on. You're finally having financial stability and your parents turn to you and go, I don't have any money for retirement. What are we going to do? Can I move in with you? Like I'm, I just, I just broke my hip. Girl, you see it all. You see it all. Wow. And you know what? I go back to what you, um, going back to what you said before, like, you know, the people that are still tied to their parents and still depend on them. Um, That fear that you were feeling when you were out, out doing the things that you were doing and taking risks, like you were constantly in fear. And that's what made you be resourceful, be practical, Mm -hmm. um, eventually end up being super independent. But I find that when people are not 
um, sorry, when they're still tied to their parents, there's no fear. There's no fear of losing yes. anything. They have the security blanket to fall back in. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't so, take risks at all. Right. So I, 100%. I also think there's a, not only there's no fear, there's no gratitude. And also like mm. I find life is fragile and life will end. And I find that if you can't separate yourself from your parents, like I, some of my friends, the thought of their parents dying, like keeps me up at night because I don't know how they're going to handle it because not only, and it's tough losing anybody ever, but then I think also when you're so tied to them financially, you just can't, it's just going to make it so much harder. You don't know how to stand on your own two feet. You're, you know, you're 60 years old. Your parents just died and you, you're like mourning them like they were a child. Yeah. Like, I think that's been happening rampant in that world. Yeah. So what, what advice would you, what, what's your top three, like advice tips for performers with their finances? Okay. So first you have to understand how much money you're making every month. Number one, mm. um, you can't do anything if you don't know how much you're earning, then you need to match that with your expenses. Um, so that's two. And then three is you need to make choices accordingly. If you make too little money, you need to go get another job. If you make enough money and you're still not being able to pay, like you're still kind of in debt and you can't seem to get out of it, then you need to make an action plan on like how much money you can trim off of your expenses and your lifestyle and then move um, and then create a savings plan. That's, that's like five, six, seven, but that's it. Okay. No, I yeah. love that. I love all of those. And totally. I feel like, I, yep. No, I was, I was just going to say, <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> we have so much to say. No. Um, but like with that, with the action plan, some of that might be say no. So I know that there's probably a lot of people who can relate to maybe me and like, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to say yes to everything. And I might maybe had to figure out, is this aligned with my bigger goal of, you know, paying off my debt or some sort of financial freedom or whatever. Um, if it's not say no, if it is, then like you said, make that action plan so you can earn money to pay for that. that that's trip, a really you know? good, that's a really good point. Can I tell them a, like a Danny story? Remember when <laughs> yes, you please. Got, remember when you got a gig, you got an yep. opportunity to, where was it? Um, it was an opportunity to go to Japan with a wellness, I remember um, this. a big wellness like guru expert. I'm not going to say her name, but um, uh, she was a bar client of mine and um, she um, wanted me to go basically be her like assistant, like a, um, some, a production assistant, I guess, but also like helping her with her, her bar photos and workouts on the thing. And so then what happened? <laughs> so, um, I got like super excited. I saw this big dream, like, oh my God, Japan. I always wanted to go there. This is so exciting. What an amazing opportunity. And then I showed AJ how much I'd be making. And she was like, wait a second. Like, this is way less than you make if you were to just stay here and continue doing what you're doing. So we worked on negotiating a, sal a raise. So I negotiated that. And then it, I was not, they weren't gonna offer that to me. So I had to then make a decision. And I, in the past, past Danny would have been like, fuck it, I'm going anyway, I don't care. And then new Danny, I said, you know what? This isn't worth it for me. I've made so much progress. My bigger vision is, is to have, um, feel more financially stable. And I'm on that path right now. Why would I give that up? Why would I want to stray away from that for an opportunity that actually isn't going to move me forward in my career? It's just like a little um, extravagant trip, basically. And yes, it would have been fun. But you know what? I can go to Japan another time when I can actually pay for it on my own. Yeah. So that was my whole like revelation with that experience. I think you looked yeah. at the bigger picture as opposed to like what we said earlier, like thinking of the now and immediate gratification and, and those like impulse buys and impulse opportunities. Like we're like, Oh, I don't know when this is going to come again. You know? And, yes, exactly. And people tend to spend, I'm never like, going to get another opportunity to go to Japan. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you will, you will. Exactly. And you'll be able to do it not on somebody else's 
um, time frame, but your own. Exactly. And that was so, that was so, it felt so empowering actually. Like I I wasn't even upset with my decision. I felt so good about my decision. Yeah. You weren't at all. You were like, no. You had so much self-worth too. You were like, I'm worth so much more than that, you know? Yeah. And that's and so it nice. sucks because they ended up choosing somebody for money, not for talent and for skill. And it's like, that's lame. You don't want to work yeah. with somebody like that. You don't want to work with somebody who doesn't value you. Mm-hmm. Yep. hundred exactly. percent. That was yeah. like a mind blown moment for me. Cause I mm. never thought about money in that way, you know, in my past experience with, with performing. Oh, so, so good. Good stuff. We have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Let's see how fast I can ask them. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be like quick, 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 but they're, they're like little snippets. Um, who is uh, a financial guru that you really look up to that you've learned a lot from? I know you've learned a lot from your fiance, but is there anybody that (laughs) our audience can look into or, um, some sort of resource? Brett Schneider. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) no, no, no. Susie Orman. Susie Orman's my girl. Here's her book, woman and money. Oh, yeah. She's a girl. I love you, Susie. Shout out, Susie. I'll make sure to let her know. She's amazing. She talks like this. It's great. Oh, my God. I love it. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Next question What is your um, favorite self care ritual? Um, I know you love self care. I love self care. Right now. Please don't answer this uh, fast. I want to hear all the deets. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so right now I'm reading Harry Potter, which is like very self-care because totally. the world is crazy right now. And it's nice to have a little escape. Um, and um, face masks and washing my face, just anything with my face. It, it has such an amazing, it's like, I don't wash my face. My skin looks bad. I wash my face. My skin looks amazing. It's like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> Literally magic. Um, obviously practicing yoga and um my favorites right now. Um, oh, and, um, meditating. Yes, girl. Meditating has probably been my favorite thing to do right now. And just sitting and breathing and just being with my body. Cause just, yeah. All the crazy. I have one more. Taking baths. Oh, I was waiting for that. I was like, where is baths? I know. Oh my God. It's totally baths. I'm obsessed. Yeah. My husband played a bathtub or, or bath time playlist the other day. I was like, wow, one, I didn't Stop. know there was a thing. And two, I love this. <laughs> so good. So cute. So good. Number three is what is your favorite money tool? It can be more than one, like an app, a book, a practical tip. Like what's something you want to share? My, my personal budget <laughs> is my favorite money tool. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah, my Excel Google. So I guess in terms of tool, it would be Google Excel or Google mm. sheets. That is your best friend. Um, I have like a client right now who wants to like, she's like, can I just show you my word document? And I'm like, yeah, but like, I understand that like we have to make Google Excel work because our Google sheets, because it's just so great for understanding your finances. It's the best. I use that for mine. And I loved putting in all the equations because then when something changes, you immediately see it happen. You don't have to spend so much time. Yeah. It's been a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. Game changer. Okay. Last question that we ask all of our guests. Okay. What does on stage with wellness mean to you? Um, so I'm going to come at it from like a financial mind. Um, Um, as a performer, you're giving so much of yourself, um, so generously and freely and, um, wellness on, on for performers on, on stage wellness is about, um, having your ducks in a row before you go out into the world and give your all to everybody else. Mm. Oh, that we haven't heard, we haven't heard that in like a financial twist, like, um, it's kind of like filling up your cup before you, you know, give. So like you said, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like make sure you can pay rent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Essentials. Yeah. Yeah, and that right. takes me back to the quote that I absolutely love that I quote all the time. And let's see if I can <laughs> actually get it right. Um, you take care of your art. Don't let your art take care of you. Like what you said earlier, like don't, you know, 
have your gigs and pick the gigs that won't let help you pay your rent. Like they're not going to take care of you. Like you can take care of your art by, by getting your shit straight first. Yeah. And then being able to give, Ugh. where can our yes. listeners find you AJ? So you can find me right now at AJ Walbrum. I'm sure they'll have my la- my last name's right there at gmail.com. Girl, that earlier. Um, oh, I spelled- your last name earlier. Oh my God. AJ Walbrum. It'll be W O L B R U M at gmail.com. Perfect. I am currently using quarantine to um, launch my business, which is called beyond the green. Yeah. And there, there, we're going to have memberships. There's going to be, um, where you can find all my information about, um, my offerings. I do mainly private clients. I also work with HR and, um, if your company, um, would like to hire me to come in and do series, the HR company can subsidize, um, the coaching sessions so that you can get coaching through your company. Um, and um, I'm hopefully going to be building, I am going to be building a school on that website as well. Um, so Get super it. excited. Um, that should be happening in July. Um, and you can find me on Instagram where it's really just a lot of um, Black Lives Matter stuff right now as I think that's really what I want to be focusing, <laughs> yeah. putting my efforts towards. Um, yes. I have a lot to learn as we all do, a Same. lot to learn. Yes. Um, and coming from this spa- this financial space, there's a lot of like, of the ways, imagining how I felt so alone, so afraid, and then being as privileged as I am, yeah. I can't you know, there's a lot that I need to learn. And, and so, um, that's what I'm working on right now. And yoga helps with that. Yes, it certainly does. Spread the gratitude, the empathy yes. and the empathy. Love it. Yes. So Love keep it. track, keep your eyes open for beyondthegreen.com, beyondthegreencoaching.com. Oh, I love It'll it. It'll be launching soon. Yes. Uh, when's your, so much for- when's oh. your birthday, AJ? Oh, March 12th, 1989. I am a Pisces oh. son a uh, Taurus moon and an Aries rising. Oh my God. We were born the same year and we're both Pisces. When's That's why I asked. Mine's the 24th of Feb. Oh, so you're both Feb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're two days oh, apart yep. and a year. So <laughs> anyway. Oh, year. we Whatever. love that. Maybe we can like have a celebration in 2021 when all this is when all this I is think done. we all are on the same, we all our North nodes are in Pisces. Mm-hmm. So I think that means we're, cause we're all, we're all on the same little path together. Oh, oh, so beautiful. I can like see it. <laughs> <laughs> or driving in our little Pisces car. <laughs> so cute. Oh my God. It was so good to meet you and it was have so you great here. to meet you. Thank, Thank you so you much for, for taking coming. the time. Absolutely. You're the best. Yay. Thank you for sharing all your wonderful knowledge and insights with everyone. Oh, my pleasure. It was, it was so fun. <laughs> Got a little heated. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye everybody. <laughs> Hey creatives, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.